Round 12 saw Hawthorne record another unwanted result, going down to the Suns by 16 points. Now the team has a week off before they take on one of the toughest assignments in season 2017, toppling premiership contenders, the Adelaide Crows. Yes, there's plenty going on and plenty to get through this episode. My name's Nick Mason and welcome to the most must-hear podcast for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. And joining me is a man who I'm sure could find a few other choice words for the umpires beyond disgraceful. Is. Razor Ray. <laughs> Those aren't the words you're going with. Is there I trust. a less earned epithet than Razor? Because <laughs> he's not sharp and he's Ridiculous. something that rhymes with blunt. Oh, okay, first well, 10 seconds of the pod. Ne- explosive F- start. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> is it all downhill or uphill from here? Well, I tell you what, um, we're only going to see more of Razor because he's not rated by the rest of the competition, is he? So. While we're, you know, ploughing down at the doldrums of the ladder, we're only going to get Razor more often because they're that, not going to put him in the spotlight. That's what a pretty you, bleak outlook, isn't it? At one point, I wondered whether it was just me because at halftime, I think they were equal free kicks. <laughs> it was just there were so many that weren't called. That's the problem, mate. That's what stats don't record. It's the it's the ones they let go that are shocking. The Hawthorne Suns game. It's actually one of the worst contests I've seen in a long time. It actually was not very entertaining to me at all. And then on top of that, the umpiring was just deplorable. I could not believe well, how much they let go. What did we have to do to get a free kick, honestly? And, and especially a free kick in the forward 50. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Langford got taken down twice, should have had free kicks. And then everyone stopped for that holding the ball decision that yeah. wasn't made. Yeah. Like, even Gary stopped. If Gary Ablett stops... <laughs> the man who never stops. Take a cue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was uh, a case of, um, for me, I mean, largely the holding the ball decisions yeah. that just weren't paid it was outrageous. An incorrect disposal constantly. Well, at one, at one stage on the coverage, because I listened to the, um, the TV coverage at the ground... Yep. Um, we'd had 22 tackles without reward. 22 without reward? Oh, God. You know, and even even Anthony Hudson sounded frustrated for us. <laughs> but, uh, look, we didn't play well. Well, one of the reasons I bring it up, Tiz, is we weren't the only ones a bit disillusioned and disenchanted with the umpiring. Our coach, Alistair Clarkson... Uh, was not particularly happy with it. In his post-match press conference, Clarkson said, I'm not allowed to comment on disgraceful umpiring, so I'd, better, I'd be better off not saying anything. Was he taking a cue from the question? What did you think about the disgraceful umpiring? Or- I don't think so. I think he was being a smart ass, <laughs> oh, and he? it didn't really come off that yeah, well. Well, he, he, if you're going to say something like that, go to town, because you're going to get fined anyway. Yeah, you are, aren't you? We yeah. know what... It's like... Uh, There's no point trying to be clever about it and failing. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're even, if you're even gonna bother to try and stoop to that level, mm. just go nuts. Yeah. S- say your piece. Say exactly what's on your mind. He uh, he's since apologised. Have you caught up with this? I yeah. watched it. Yeah. I watched okay. the apology. Yeah, it was on Fox <laughs> Footy, wasn't it? It was the the most entertaining part of that was um, trying to watch somebody end that interview with Alistair Clarkson <laughs> with John Ralph kept just asking him inane questions. Yeah. Yeah. And they were both trying to stop John Ralph talking, but he wasn't in their eye line, so it was great. I was, I was enjoying it. <laughs> he didn't need to apologise. He was sort of put in a corner about it, and he has done. He says, I apologise to the arms and also the AFL. I know my comments were out of whack, but I was actually trying to bow out of the conversation more so than tip into it. But if you use one word that was inappropriate, that'll cost me, I think. 
It's interesting. One of our uh, one of our listeners, Ali, on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, by the way, at Hawk Talk Pod, uh, we're pushing for five hundred followers now, which is pretty good. So get on board. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. Every little bit helps. Thanks so much for everyone who's done that. Uh, we heard from Ali on Twitter, who asked the question: Should umpires be accountable for their decisions through some sort of press conference? I think that'd be a neat idea. I mean, you would never get anyone umpiring the game ever again. That's the, <laughs> the disadvantage of that approach. Well, there were four, of course. So perhaps yeah. the four isn't working. They're waiting for other people to um, make a decision. Why is it the number that, that bothers you in that case? Oh, it just means... Um, it, it's not as if they're in conflict with one another. It's not as if one's been overruling the rest of them the whole time. Oh, no, they still have personalities, Nick. Like, if you're younger and the other bloke's got uh, 200 games on you, yeah, you're going to defer to them, aren't you? I guess so, but does, how often does that happen? Well, I mean, how how often would you like to challenge Razor Ray's personality, Nick? I mean, it's just <laughs> a bloke that can blow the siren for the end of the quarter without the siren having blown. <laughs> you know, just that's the kind of mentality you're dealing with. Just hallucinations, basically. <laughs> Auditory hallucinations. <laughs> It was a weird game. Like I said, it wasn't a particularly enjoyable contest. What didn't you like, Nick? Gunston played forward. Sisley played. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I felt as though in the first quarter, very much the dominant team. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we started well. Yeah, but we couldn't really capitalise because we wasted so many opportunities. Maybe when I talk about opportunities, I'm not talking about just the scoreboard. It felt like we kept on shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, we, we unloaded an entire round. Well, into I tell our you, feet. the difference in that first quarter was Stephen May. You reckon? Oh, he was incredible. Mm. Uh, just floating across our attacking line, just yeah. defending everything by himself. And if we can get him, I would love to see him in Hawthorne <laughs> colours because he's a star. It just felt like May or not, we had a lot of promising plays well, we had, that we, were undermined by our own skills. Well, we had to um, we had to learn to avoid Stephen May when we went forward. Right. And that sort of happened in the last quarter. It was frustrating. You have to agree with that at least. Actually, no, I didn't find it frustrating. I just thought that it was emblematic of a team that had two late changes and had, what is it, 10 under 33 games. I think this is the first game where we've really had a difference of opinion. In what's happened. Well, I had low expectations. So did I. I mean, we lost by 86 points. Yeah, no, my, my expectations weren't exactly through the roof either. In How could Ablett, they be? El- Ablett kills us every time we play them. Yeah. I, I, I uh, well, don't we... feel that Clarkson ever really tries to stymie his efforts. No, which is a problem. Probably should do that one of these days. <laughs> um, no, but I... <laughs> No, I think we have completely different readings in the game here. I thought we were a good chance. Once the game started, we were in the box seat and we just couldn't manage anything. I thought we managed Tom Lynch beautifully. He hardly had an impact for mine. Defence was not the issue for mine. It was, And that's uh, where we were totally undermanned. I thought our defence did really well. I, I'm not having a go at our defence. I'm not having a go at the back six at all. It was usually... I, I felt enormously frustrated with us surging forward and would have these great passages of play that would be would fall apart eventually. It looks like we really had things on our terms. Yes, but we created opportunities. And in other games, we haven't. What's your point? Well, just creating the opportunity is a development rather than yeah. kicking long no, to, to, well, uh, to Poppy. It's, we didn't see that so much. It's true. We? No, no, you're right. Okay, it's a we step in the right direction. We were running the lines. We were taking it around the boundary. Yeah, but should, should I be satisfied with a, a baby step in the right direction? Or 
No, you should see it and acknowledge it, and then I do hope it. that they get better. I, I do hope they get that better. That was a much frustrating. That was a much better performance than yeah, the, the one in Port Adelaide. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the worse. one in Sydney. What what standards are we working to here? We couldn't get much worse than the game against Port. Yeah, but you got to, you know, they had uh, Cade Stewart in this week. Yeah, a, as a late in. Yeah, now he's, okay. he'd totally be un, underprepared for it. I'm not. Having you go at one particular player? No, neither am I. That's later. But when this <laughs> when this happens, you know, it just totally throws out all the chemistry of the team, and for us to perform as well, and then to be in a position where we could have been blown away and yeah. kick again to put some pressure on Gold Coast, who were found to be quite a quite a bit wanting for mine. I mean, they hardly responded. Ainsworth mm. taking a mark against Duray. Yeah. I thought Duray played well. That Ainsworth, he's a he's a top. Uh, 10 pick is definitely a first round pick he'll, right. he'll be a very good player we had so many opportunities that it just it didn't click it seemed like everything was working and then at the last minute there'd be an errant handball or an errant kick and everything would fall apart and I feel like if you do that enough times which Hawthorne certainly did the momentum began to it really shifted and we dropped our heads a bit that was my rating on the game I feel like you disagree with that I thought we started well I thought we had our dip in our concentration level in the third quarter again, Yep, which seems to happen every week mm-hmm. and will become a self-fulfilling prophecy if we don't do something about it soon. Mm. And then I felt that the pride of the older players and and some of the young players came along for the ride in the last quarter to just have a real, have a real go because uh, I, I think they felt they were being... Um, unrewarded for a lot of their efforts and they definitely yeah. were yeah they did no you could see the players were frustrated by it for yeah. sure um it, what is interesting is reading hawk headquarters apparently we laid i don't know how accurate this is maybe you can tell me apparently we laid 49 tackles in the first three quarters and then we laid 38 tackles in the last wow yeah so our intensity lifted enormously that's you know that's brilliant however it's a stat that the opposition has no control over you know little to none because you you can you can tackle as you please it's not no one's going to stop you right from wrapping your arms around one of the players all you need is the intensity and the effort to get into the contest and do it so for three quarters it wasn't really there is is that not the correct reading of that what you're saying the intensity wasn't there the defensive intensity wasn't there for three quarters, especially not in the third. And then the fourth, we woke up and we turned it on. We almost got back into the game and won it. You're never going to get a consistent effort from a young team like this. That bad, though? That's a pretty bad disparity. You cannot have a go at them for being so good in that last quarter. You've got to say... <laughs> that, that no, don't move the goalposts no, on. No, you got to say no, that you're that, cha- you're that is... You're changing my words. No, I'm not. You are. No, you've got to say that's the level we're after now because we know you can do that. This is my point. But you, I'm not you, having a go at their last quarter. I'm celebrating their last quarter. You can't quarter. create an atmosphere where if they play really well, you're going to go, well, why didn't you do that the other three quarters? No, I'm, because not, <laughs> I'm not prescribing that for Clarkson <laughs> to tell his players. I'm saying you, you talk to them after the game and go, look what we can do. Yeah, You know this is what you can accomplish now. The trick is to apply it for four quarters, which we famously have not done all season. But this is this is absolutely a shining example of we had one quarter, which was massive in intensity and pressure, applying pressure uh, pressure to the opposition, and that followed three quarters where we just didn't. And then you wonder why we had to, you know, get well, back into the game the way that we did. Well, I felt 
Gold Coast dropped their intensity. I mean, we had 16 more tackles than Gold Coast in the end. Right, there you go. It's only 16. It's not nothing. And we had 25 less disposals in that last quarter. So we just didn't have the ball. Um, one of our listeners, Stalking Hawk, pointed out, we have zero effective structures. It's it's all game plan. The players look confused. And in my opinion, I did say throughout the game to the people in M10, it did seem like we had half a team on one page and half a team on another. But you just have to lose that blueprint of 2015 because you're not going to see that again. Mate, it's gone. Yeah. It, uh, okay. I don't... That level of cohesion isn't going to be back with a team <laughs> like this. Okay. <laughs> okay. And but the, on some occasions this year, it has been. Uh, not really. Only when our opposition has fallen asleep. Okay. So, so you're saying I'm asking too much. You definitely are. I'm not. Okay. I'm not asking for 2015 <laughs> or 14 or 13 for that matter. This is a development squad. These <laughs> kids have to develop. Okay. And Clargo's more or less acknowledged that this is going to be the building blocks of the next generation of Hawthorne. Yeah. And interestingly, he doesn't want any 150 gamers leaving, which means he's not prepared to uh, trade to get back into the draft at the end of the year. Oh, and good. Quite frankly, I agree with him. Because okay. I've been looking at the draft. Yeah. And then there's not a great pool of talent there. This is one of those lean drafts. Yeah. Kind of like, I think it's 2007. Okay. Right? Where there's been two players make over over 150 games from the first 20. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking at using our our later draft picks at the end of the year um, and keeping our keeping our our good players on the list to build around for the next one. Who are the good players on our list, Tiz? Oh, we're talking about the three Peters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, who are under 30. Yeah. Who who would be our bait if that wasn't Clarkson's yeah, people, position? Yeah, people have been talking about uh, Gunston and Bruce and even Cyril was mentioned. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, but anyway. Uh, no. and I don't think As if there would ever be an option. I don't think we're going to shift them anywhere. So we'll be looking at free agents, your five... Your, uh, mm. Well, you would have seen him yesterday, the big ruckman for Carlton, Cruiser. Cruiser, yep. He's a free yeah, agent. Team. We'll get to that. I've got plenty to say on that Carlton game. I was there. Weirdly enough, I was there. And but, what uh, a contest who was, it was. Who did you see on Saturday and you thought, well, that kid's going to be playing 200 games? That's a big call. Okay, 150 <laughs> games. Um, that's, that's tough. I mean, I still, I still put faith in Burton. And I like Hardwick. Tick, tick for yep. me. Yep. yep. I'm not as sure about how as some people are. I don't know. Like he's had... He has errors. Yeah. He has errors, but then he has moments where he, he does really, really good things. He does. I'm not... I, wa- I want him to stay in the team. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not com- I'm not trashing him by any means, but I, I'm still... I need to be convinced a bit more, so we'll keep him in the side. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know who else. Because that is the question at this point in the season. Um, has been for a while, but now Clarkson's come out and basically said it. We need to work out who's going to carry us forward. And I tell you what, the buy, the buy is coming at a good time, though, isn't it, for a young it squad is. like this? Yeah, it is. Because you can see a few of the players are, s- are sort of looking a bit tired. Yeah. I noticed Cousins was feeling it. Um, yeah. yeah. Cade Stewart wasn't cross covering the ground so well. But no. uh, as I say, late caller. Would be difficult. Well, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. That's a really tricky question, and it, it's it's bad that it's tricky. I think we can all concede that. Surely. What did you think of O'Brien? O'Brien was good. I mean, 
I wanted to go through some positives for the game, and O'Brien was one of my positives because most people, as you know, is well documented now on this podcast at least, people were pretty annoyed that he didn't get a game against Port. So it was kind of a situation of if O'Brien isn't in this week, we riot. Really? <laughs> yeah. But, oh, plenty of people wanted him to come back into the side. Okay. Um, so it was an obvious inclusion as far as the supporter base was going, and he came into the side and impressed again. Like he's one of our one of our best. He's in like our top four or five if you go by fantasy points. If that's <laughs> if that's the way you want to go with it, but uh, you know, even even ignoring that, he fired when it mattered. Like when we had a real shot to get back into the game, he led the charge. He kicked, you know, he nailed two really important goals, didn't he? That was the first two goals of the last quarter for us, I think. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, Tim O'Brien is um, he's having a pretty good year after having some doubters. And I, I named myself among those doubters, but it's good to see he's hit some good form. It's good that they, um, they're giving him a run at it, isn't it? I yeah. think he deserved that. Yeah, so you back him? You, you're a fan of O'Brien? Are we still... I am, but we're still tinkering with that forward setup, aren't we? It's not really yeah. working and it's not really failing. Nah. It's just sort of middling. No. Nah. And uh, losing Cyril's a big... Big part that, of that, obviously. Yeah, that's I. Th- I would think middling is a generous assessment of it, but I would also agree that not having Rioli really hurts. Now, one player late call up. Yep. Covered the ground beautifully. Mm. Had twenty five disposals. Yep. At seventy two percent disposal efficiency. Okay. Uh, he took six marks, two contested possessions, twenty four uncontested, three inside fifties, three tackles, intercept possession. Critical errors two, mm. right? And he uh, he had one clanger for the day. Okay. And yet this player was one of the most infuriating running around. <laughs> okay. And that's Billy. Billy Hartung. Yep. Yep. Now he played a good game, but he could have played a tremendous game. Uh-huh. He did run into a few blind alleys a, a couple of times, which was just because the structure wasn't ahead of him in time. <sighs> it was tough to watch. But, it was really uh, bad. He's getting the ball, Nick. And that's really I just don't know. I'm very cautious of joining the chorus of people who are critical of him. Put it that way. I don't want to be among those people. Well, he is trying his guts out. You got to put is. that out there. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll give him that. Billy is trying his guts. Yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, the Hawthorne website named him third best. As one of our listeners, Dave, tweeted at us, he said, "Did I miss something?" <laughs> I mean, but going by the stats you read out, it seems fair enough. It's not like he didn't have an impact. Oh, he definitely had an impact. One of our listeners, Andrew, added, Hartung has no idea what to do with the ball when he has it. I've seen enough of him. Well, that does seem seem likely sometimes. I think that's a fair criticism. But um, but he does come under a lot of pressure. He does. He does. I think, what, what was that phrase you used? He just walks blindly into an alley? Well, there was someone else who did it as well. I just can't remember who it was, but they kept... Playing on in defence, and they were heading into an obvious cul-de-sac of just yeah. That yeah. who was that? No, I I can't remember who, but that's something I picked up on. Where <laughs> and we, I was we, like, oh my god, go back the other way. Yeah, we'd head out to a side of the ground where not only had our players not moved over that way, they'd yeah. gone the other direction. Yeah. But also the Suns had it scouted, and yeah. we're just sitting there waiting for us to kick it to them. At least he looked and went back, but. Uh, it didn't look great from the grandstand. No. Look, Hartung's an interesting one. I would have preferred Willsmore be in the side still. I think, you know, I want to see what Willsmore's capable of on the G. That's what I was hanging out for. 
Yeah, it was weird that. I was a little frustrated with that. But um, but you ask me, you know, who I, who I expect... But most of, frustrating for me yeah. was not having a forward target that Billy could kick long to. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't put Ty Vickery on the emergency list, right? We're talking pre-show, though. He didn't exactly set, set the world on fire in the VFL. Oh, well, pardon him from being depressed by getting booted from a team that <laughs> got killed on the weekend. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, this and he's in Ballarat. You can understand him. <laughs> it only compounds his depression. <laughs> yeah, I've got a moment from that. I watched the live stream for that. I'll okay. mention that when we do the. But poor Ty. Anyway. But what do you want from people? Because people wanted to see O'Brien. And then I noticed during the match that people were clamouring for Ty Vickery to be back. It's like, well, what do you people want? You got O'Brien at the expense of Vickery. We want victory. Well, we do want victory. We want success. We're a proud club. But do you do you honestly play? a team with Vickery and O'Brien in it? Do, do they coexist or do we pick one or the other? Can't we have them both? Well, I guess that's my question to you. Are we able to? I think without Gibbo you can. Well, yeah, now we can. Yeah. You can put O'Brien behind the ball. He plays behind the ball. You can put Vickery into the ruck. Well, we actually had a question from Bob on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Should Vickery be given a go down back? We always always seem to be lacking height there. <laughs> a bemused look from Tears there. <laughs> what would that look like, Vickery in defence? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not willing to watch that every week. <laughs> <laughs> what about Showmakers? He must be leaving, or he's got ba- he's on bad terms with the club. Because if he da- can't get a game with Gibbo out now, then uh, I guess we see. I guess we see if he travels to Adelaide after well, the bye. I thought he should have played. You, this you week. thought he should have played this week. Yeah. Because they had, uh, we were lucky that we didn't get exposed for it. I mean, it was a pretty good um, effort on our part that Lynch and uh, two metre Peter Wright didn't, yeah. didn't get much of the ball in front of goal. No, they didn't. They didn't fire. I mean, the most effective forward on the ground was, lo and behold, Jack Gunston. Yeah, easily. Um, now I said that I said last week that I really missed the Jack Gunston of old, and I mean five goals won. <laughs> Just like on the game show, who's going to win? He had all the answers, Tiz. <laughs> oh, God. He had all the answers, 19 touches, five goals won, and was just outstanding. And he was our forward target. He was the forward target all game. Mm-hmm. 12 marks. I said I missed it last podcast, but when it was happening, didn't realise just how much I missed it. Wasn't it good? Wasn't it good to see a forward? He looked a lot happier. <laughs> yeah, oh, didn't he, though? <laughs> Wouldn't you? God, it was just refreshing to see a Hawthorne forward really take charge, take control of the game and take responsibility. Oh, he's much better at finishing than setting it up. That's what I'll yeah, say. Yeah, I'd say that. You mentioned before that Josh Gibson uh, was injured and... Um, Provides an opportunity for a few? Well, it does. And unfortunately, it people, is a, it's people, about time. Were people clapping? <laughs> Look, it could be worse. I know it depletes an already depleted backline a bit further, which is horrible. But people have been crying out for it. Okay, they've been crying out for someone else to get a go in, Gib- in Gibson's stead. So, do we see Heatherly? Do we see Sean Makers? Like, who do we see at this point? Connor, Connor Glass. You reckon? You reckon we'll get a go? Actually, um, <laughs> you doubled were, back on that very quickly. There were two men. On the park for Hawthorne on Saturday, who ran at 100% disposal efficiency. Is that right? Who's mm. that? One of them was your, your favourite, Kate Stewart. Okay. And yep. the other one was Josh Gibson. Neither of them got very much of the ball, so I'm not surprised <laughs> that they ran at 100%. <laughs> Gibson. Gibson, having done an adductor. Yeah, hampered by injury, was right. automatically relegated to our worst on ground, I think. Well, you know, it might be a while before we see Gibbo again. 
our key defender stocks... They're, they're just shot, aren't they? That's why I thought it's, Sean Marcus would be in. Maybe yeah. they were asking too much of Gibbard. Maybe that's why he got injured. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, you might be right. I haven't seen vision of it, actually. No, I didn't. I, I missed I didn't it live. catch it at the game. Yeah, I didn't catch it at the I game either. I just heard either. he went down the rooms. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look look at our back line now. It's just no one. We've been hit so many times in the one area of the ground. Not many teams. Like I think, you know, the media will have a go at our depth. But how many teams could sustain the run of injuries we've sustained for our back line alone? Hmm. I mean, it's just it's just full of kids now. We've got no one. We've got no one there. We've got the next generation, Nick. Get with get with the line coming out of the out of the football club with you, Nick. Please, <laughs> we're the company we're with line. The, yeah, we're with the next generation. Uh-huh. That's what we're watching. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. Till I get delisted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ask me who's going to make 150 games. Anyway, I don't come up with too many names. Okay, let's have a look at the all conquering Box Hill Hawks to see who comes in. <laughs> okay, of course, obviously Hodges probably going to come in for Gibbo. Yeah, the real next generation. The real okay. next generation. Box Hill okay. Hawks. Undefeated, right. still. Unfortunately, the tall defender, Connor Nash, is still... Uh, I think he did a hammy a little while ago, quite yeah, badly. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, he won't get a look in. But um, the Box Hill Hawks romped home to win 88-75. to Vickery kicked a goal. Good Connor Glass kicked two goals. Oh, okay. He kicked a lovely one that sort of sealed it. Okay, cool. Just ran inside 50 with about four other Box Hill Hawks. Very uh, nice. Managed to get the turnover up the field, and he just slotted it straight over the umpire's hat. Mm. We could do with a, a rangy attacking defender like that. He's quite tall, aggressive. <laughs> it's, it's it's as I've said the past couple of weeks, episodes of this podcast. Why not? <laughs> why know? not? Why not? Just try, just try something. How bad could it be, Tears? At this point, well, in our best, we're Heatherly, uh, Moore, Kennedy. Connor Glass, Taya Miles, yep, and Mark Pitnett. Okay, yeah. Does uh, Pitnett stay with the club at the end of the year? Do you reckon? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got a number of people who can play ruck now. Presuming we but run with who? <laughs> well, Segs will come back from injury, right? So he's waiting in the wings. We've got McAvoy, Segs. We can throw Ruff into the ruck if we need. Throw uh, O'Brien into the ruck if we need. Uh, ruff. <laughs> Vickery in the- into the ruck if we need. O'Brien, Vickery, <laughs> Ruff, into the ruck. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm not saying, uh, you know, primarily. Usually you wait for your ruckman to build up to these things, and that's what they're doing with Pitnet. Right. if you throw them in too early, they get exposed and they don't really come on as they should. Mm. But I think you'll be an excellent ruck. He's very good below his knees, actually, Mark Pitnet. Okay, when do we... But he's really... I think he played against Geelong in... He did first round last year, yeah. I think. And uh, got a taste. Yeah, well, he's been toweled up every senior game he's had, which is, I think, two or three. Yeah, so that um, indicates that he's too green. Yeah. But uh, you can see the efforts there. I mean... All right. What, do you reckon we just we'll... have to back our system at Hawthorne. We know these... Do you we know we'll... we're going to be out... We haven't had any really early picks for years... And uh, yet, are we going to see Pitonet this year? Do you reckon at any point in the oh, senior I hope side? So. Yeah. I hope so. This um, is you know, and, and I, through I, endeavour rather than through injury. Well, yeah, of course. But this is what I'm saying. I hope so too. Because I mean, why not? <laughs> That's my my motto for 2017. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, Segler won't 
probably won't be back this year. And shouldn't be. Wouldn't, wouldn't and shouldn't that. be. That's it'd be stupid to play him. And I'm almost and I'm almost getting indications that uh, Cyril won't. They won't bother bringing him back. Yep, I'm fine with that too, because there's no point. We're not not really playing for anything but the future. And if you're playing for the future, play the future. Like play the kids. So, uh, how many more games does Vickery have to play in the VFL before he qualifies for the final series there, Nick? <laughs> he may do. He may do at this rate. I don't know. I'm torn on Vickery. I really am. Because if we have him, you know, we should be playing him at senior level. But when we do, he doesn't set the world on fire. And I'm not that sorry to see him go back to the VFL. So, I, I, I'm very much up and down on it. I thought... He was very unlucky not to be on the emergency list yeah, and not yeah. play. So, yeah. anyway, Box Hill taking all before him, apart from that draw. So, you mentioned Heatherly was in the best. Yeah. So, so he'll probably get the nod. We're probably going to need to, given our next opponents are Adelaide. Yeah. And they've got a really tall forward line and probably the most damaging forward line in the league. Yeah. Um, the prognosis is not good for Hawthorne. I think after the bye... We might need the rest, and that may play in our favour, but it's going to be a real tough one to watch, I think. Oh, at least we don't have to go. We can switch it <laughs> off. That's right. You well, live-tweeting that one, Nick? <laughs> I was going to say, one of us has to. <laughs> you want me to take that bullet for the team? Actually, you know what? I can't. I can't, unless I'm, I'm able to negotiate, because I'm actually, when I'm not doing this, listeners, I'm a freelance journo, and I'm meant to be at the circus. The circus. That's right. I'm meant to be reviewing Circus Oz. Right. This happened, I think, last year as well. The same game, Adelaide versus Hawthorne. And it was at Adelaide Oval. <laughs> and I was at the circus. I missed most of the game. So, look, who knows? Maybe maybe I might be able to renegotiate that. I might be able to live tweet for all you supporters out there. But ask yourself, do you really want me, do you want me to hold your hand through it? <laughs> I guess maybe you do. It's going to be awful. That's what I predict. But uh, look, let's get, you know, speaking of the listeners, let's get to some listener questions. Uh, we had another one from Bob at Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to go if you want to hit us up with your questions and comments. Uh, Lean or Lene, I don't know how to pronounce it to be Lene. honest, I have no idea. But thank you for getting in touch with us. Sorry for butchering your name. Uh, should we be worried about JOM? Uh, did we invest too much in him? No. You don't think so? No, we didn't. Based on what? Because do, do I have to rationalise this uh, emotional... <laughs> yeah, you Thought. do. You uh, do. Because everyone will tell you that we did invest too much. All the opposition supporters you could find would will tell you that. What's our investment? What's long term? Yeah, but what is it? What what's our investment? Pick what? Well, wasn't it ten or something? Right. Let's say it's ten. Just because that's the number that's on his back, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it reminds us every time he plays. <laughs> it's he's not pick ten. We didn't. Wasn't it pick ten? Tiz has been typing away on his laptop to prove me wrong. And uh, what'd you come up with, Tiz? <sighs> it is pick ten. <laughs> yes. See, I know things. Now he, now it, now it is a mnemonic on his back. Anyway, it really is. It reminds us every time he happens to play. If he ever gets back out of the park. Anyway. For pick 10, if we go back historically... So this is a deep dive into history, listeners. Get get ready for this. This will be great. Okay. All right, Nick, you've got the names. All right. So how often does pick 10 make a player that, you know, make a, get to a player that makes a difference to a side? I imagine it's not very often. 
do you reckon? Because I'm looking at the names and it's not a bad list. I mean, you could do better in some places. Oh, well, but... you can prove me wrong, but I, I doubt there'd be many players that would get to number 10 and still be like a real difference. Okay, but, um, do you want, let's go through a few. Because this is what we've given up for to get a mirror, right? Okay. <laughs> so let's let's just... I, I hope I'm right. Let's go through the names. All right. Nakaya Cockatoo for Geelong. Okay. Unproven, but good player. All right. Uh, Nathan Freeman. Still injured. Okay. Joe Danaher. Um, yeah, well, the... Uh, the uh, well, he's important to Essendon. Yeah, the giraffe. Yep, go on. <laughs> Liam Sumner. Okay, just helped Carlton beat GWS. Okay. Phil Davis, just helped Carlton beat GWS. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at least it, there's some fairly good... So we've had two, right. two that aren't really up to scratch yet. All right, Jake Milksham. Okay, he can't get a game at Melbourne. Okay. That's three. He better bloody get a game. He's in my anti-fantasy league. Um, Daniel Gorringe. I don't know where he is now, so that's four. All right, Nath Brown. Well, he's he went to St Kilda. and Oh, he went to Collingwood now. He's at St Kilda. Yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, who's this? Oh, that's right. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield. <laughs> uh, wow. Um. <laughs> so uh, history's this, on our side. This Tears. did not go well. This... <laughs> This is a yeah. This is a bad result. Um, no, but you're assuming that everyone always uses number ten well, and they always slot into a side perfectly. And there's so many variables you can't account for. What, what we've got to do, as far as O'Meara is concerned, is just look at it in the context of the Hawthorne Football Club. And it's right. too early to do that. He's barely played. Um, we can only speculate as supporters what medical condition he's in apparently it's okay but as long as he's not playing football then does he come back after the bye do we take him to adelaide i wouldn't take him to adelaide when does he play again if if not in adelaide the following week okay fair enough so he does come back this year oh yeah after he got to get some games after his air quotes conditioning block well you want him to come back through the vfl well, I kind of do, yeah. Uh, yeah, to be fair, that's that's something I've said, and I stand by that. Um, it, just, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Get him get him some easier touches. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. There's so much pressure on the poor kid yeah. at this rate. And Vickery will love it. And Vickery, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Gold Coast, of course, took took Jack Bowles with pick 10. Mm. With our pick 10. And I don't think he's debuted yet. Okay. But we'll, I will watch his career with interest. All right, so we move on. We move on to another Twitter question. Uh, this one from Mark. Speaking of the Gold Coast, uh, what do we need to do this off season to get Stephen May? I don't think there's much we can do. I don't think it's going to happen. No, you got to try it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Gold Coast is going to really want to deal with us after last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I don't think there's. What can we give them that they would want? And this is the question I return to with a lot of teams in the AFL. What can we give them that any other team would want right now? Well, you just go for players you, that they're not going to match the price you're paying them, like we did with Vickery. Yeah. That's how we're going to get some, some free agents. And, of course, in the draft, maybe a couple of father-sons. Yeah. That could be good. Uh, Danny has asked us, is it time to shift focus to pure development of younger players? I think, in a sense, we've done that. I think we've done that all year, really. I, I don't think there's an issue of shifting the focus. I think that's always... Integral to the whole Hawthorne ethic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we've seen that a lot this year. Personally, I I don't know if Danny's putting it out there saying that in terms of debutants during Premiership years. I mean, well, yeah, they're always going to be low. Yeah, um, and we've got one from Clinton who uh, he, he sent us a question last week. He tweeted us about uh, how we started barracking for Hawthorne, which is fun. People seem to enjoy that. So, so he's he got a follow up. He's, yeah, he's got a follow-up. How did you not barrack for Essendon, Nick? <laughs> His follow-up is, uh, where did you guys play footy growing up or at senior level? <laughs> Which is it's flattering, isn't it? Uh. To think that either of us played at senior level. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, actually, for all I know, you could have tears, but I certainly didn't. <laughs> no, the, uh, the highest point was a best and fairest. That's you got a best it. and fairest? I did. <laughs> You're so embarrassed about it. Why? <laughs> I was pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how young? Yeah, pretty young. Nah, come on. I can't remember when I got it, but it still sits at home in the toilet. <laughs> well, I think my best award was... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, really. Best team man. It's just one of those awards, isn't it? It's not... It's not. What uh, position did you I hold? I can't remember what year. I can't remember what year it was and where I played. What club did you play for? Oh, for school. Oh, okay, for school, right. Did you, so you didn't play like junior footy outside of that? No. Okay, I did. Did you enjoy it? No, I, I'm sure I did at one point, but um, a lot, of, like a lot of my sporting endeavours, I think I got to adolescence and became terribly self-conscious about my image and my performance and it just I worried myself out of playing sport, I think. That's where you need to shift blame to your teammates, Nick. It's <laughs> Brendan Goddard style. <laughs> <laughs> week after week, there were jelly babies on the floor. <laughs> Actually, there were pretzels, apparently. I've heard since there were pretzels. A lot of it depends on the coach, though, doesn't it? I mean, he can either make it fun or he can make it expected results. And you know. Well, w- when I was young, in, in my best years, in my prime, uh, my dad was coach. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not that I think there was any bias there. It's just now looking back, it makes sense that I found it fun. But uh, no, it seems that my... Um, you know, my experience at junior footy was I started off pretty well. And then as we all got older, uh, everyone else's ability accelerated far right. beyond mine. And and I think their interest as well probably didn't help, that their interest was much greater than mine. And yeah, I, I started off like very young being a pretty good player and I was in the forward line, I kicked goals and then kind of just passed me by and then I was put in the back line and I was yeah I was no good in the back line and and I didn't really have any intensity or desire to like crash into people or anything I didn't really have that hunger for the ball I was very tentative so when you put someone like that in the back line you're stuffed yeah I only worked in straight lines Nick (laughs) (laughs) it's it's still nice to remember it but I got a couple of upper body injuries and so I went and played soccer for a while yeah and uh, in order not to be a total um, useless cog to the team, they'd throw me up forward because <laughs> I wouldn't give the ball away, at, you know, or they had another yeah. 10 people to win it back. Yeah. And uh, I actually scored a couple of goals and I was like, well, this game's just terrific. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works <laughs> when you're in the spotlight for good stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't mind Instead this. Instead of nullifying this tall bugger next to you for... Yeah. for you know, I will every say minute this, of the day. Yeah, as, as average as I was, I don't think it, w- it would have mattered about my ability. It is so tough to be a backman. It sucks. Oh, it's just concentration. Oh, it's annoying. I used to it's... love the chats that I'd have with these blokes standing next to me. Where yeah. Their egos were bigger than the football. It's great. 
But I wonder about some of the AFL players now. You see, we've we've had a few players walk out. I yep. think we've had three walk out, not enjoying the game. Yeah. And um, there's a couple at uh, Collingwood that have also done the same. Yep. And you just, you know, it's not a recreation for them. It's no. uh, it's professional. And uh, a lot of players have written into their contract that they can only spend a certain number of hours at the club each week now. Right, okay. Because uh, coaches were just becoming way too uh, controlling on yeah, their lives right. and and things like that. So the yeah. AFLPA are working these things into the contracts and trying to get more money for them. And yeah. Mm. How many games do you reckon you played at, at that level? I can tell you how many I played. A hundred. Did you? Yeah. Did so you have a little banner? I did. I did, yeah. It was good. It was good. I mean, by, you know, a lot of those games were rubbish. <laughs> I will admit, <laughs> I played way beyond my interest. Like, I just kept on turning up and I got to a hundred games. And uh, without going into details, like you know, it, it turned sour internally. Like in in behind closed doors of the club, it turned really bad, and um, it got to the point where I I knew I definitely wanted to play a hundred games, regardless of circumstances. I for my own for my own pride, I wanted to reach a hundred games. I felt like I, that was a good milestone. And then I'd just give it away. Um, so I did played my hundredth game, and uh, siren went. I uh, walked straight off the field, jumped in the car, and we were gone, and we never went back. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's a story for another time. Who I'd, was this club? No, I realise I've um I've given that a little sizzle now, so we might have to get into that story another time. But, uh, yeah. Oh, it's sad when those kind of relationships break down. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, my, my family had a great connection to the club, and it just, uh, yeah, did not turn out too well. But I uh, held my head high as I walked off the ground and got... I felt pretty good about it. Well, 100 games is a is a good milestone. Oh, it is. Yeah, like I said, most of them were garbage, but it started <laughs> off well. I was yeah. good. I was a goal kicker, Tiz. It's a long time ago now. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near that athletic. Were you a bit dirty? Uh, as in, like, it's just a bit of a thug of a player. Well, you don't have to be a thug to be dirty. You can do little <laughs> things, little niggles. No, nah, no. Nah, that's the thing. That's probably the one constant I had throughout all junior footy. You're was, an honest player, were you? I was never intense. I had a bit of the red mist about me. I can tell. I, I would have picked that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Something I picked. No, I never had um, a great desire for the physical contest of it. I didn't really like slamming my body into a pack and getting in there. I don't know. I loved I was, that. I was pretty one timid. Of the, one of the big things I missed when I went to play soccer mm. was the the hip and shoulder. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I, didn't I loved miss, it. I've never missed that, and um, yeah, that that's just not in my character. I just don't care for it. Even to the point where I think in training you play like British Bulldog or something, which I found fun. Regularly, I somehow I would be a survivor almost every time he played it, and I'd get down to like the last two or three running. And I'd be like, this is messed up. I don't enjoy this. <laughs> it is It is a bit messed up, though. <laughs> the idea, the structure of the game is is at the end of it. The last person left has like 20 other players gunning for them to bring them down. <laughs> uh, meant to harden you up, Nick. You read about what the... What um, John Kennedy made some of the Hawthorne players do? Oh, no, no. Wow, well, have some... you got an example handy or... Do we sizzle that up for the buy podcast? Yeah, <laughs> we right. really we'll, sizzle, we'll sizzle that. There you go. Yeah, we really need to fill time because nothing's happened on the weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, we could we'll... really do with a scandal, hey, Nick? Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, All right, we get to award season. All right, 
the inaugural Damien Has No Mates Award. What could this be about? Well, you knew people were going to pile on to Clarko after he said what he did about the umpires. It's a one-liner. It's a throwaway yep. line. Doesn't matter, mate. We're living in an age where we love <sighs> to be outraged, or at least the media do, and they see who gets into line and follows with that outrage. Don't you and a love lot of AFL love health for their absence oh. of freedom of speech? And Oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's not at all authoritarian and, and weird. But um, one of the more vocal so-called media experts uh, on this story was Damien Barrett, who almost seemed to be salivating with every syllable when he was explaining what Clarko did. And he was um, really getting up on his soapbox is on, on the completely irrelevant Sunday footy show and has been irrelevant since Lou Richards wasn't on it. Um, he said that Clarkson should be setting an example for coaches. 2013, 14, 15, shove that up your ass, Damo. He still didn't How get about the coaches that? award. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you couldn't find... He's one of the best coaches of all time, but he should be setting an example. Okay, just... Uh, just I think every great coach has had a go at the umpires from time to time. Of course they have. Hmm. Of course they have. Because they, they have the passion behind them. They care about the game. It uh, wasn't he, even a real go, as we've discussed. You know. No, it wasn't. It was an offhanded comment. And what it, oh, Damo was loving it. He was up and about but, talking about I mean, it. The, I mean, can I just give AFL House a quick tip? Yeah. Now, the way to fix this is that you control all the broadcasts <laughs> and you only let out what you want. Yeah. Okay? So... What I'm suggesting is maybe you start a sort of Pravda-esque publication <laughs> um, where you just control all the output about AFL. And that way, this kind of stuff can never happen because it really is to the detriment of people's enjoyment of the game. Like yeah. they, they don't want to feel that their opinions about the umpires are in any way yeah. related to how the actual coaches and the club feel about the umpires. Yeah. They like to feel, you know, that... Uh, <laughs> the umpires are above it all. They are gods among us. Yeah. And they never make mistakes. In a not-too-distant dystopian future, the AFL record's just propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Damo before, he also went on about how Clarkson has form with these sorts of things. Um, question, isn't Barrett a North Melbourne supporter? Oh, I tell you what. I if- mean... Come on, give us a break. I, I want to run a form line on both Damien and Slobbo. Because <laughs> you mean Nobbo. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, let's just leave that there because if Clarko gets anything more than a slap on the wrist, it'll be ridiculous. I just I, I couldn't believe a man that supports North Melbourne could have a go at our coach for being out of line about some of his comments. It's like I say, Tiz, people in glass houses yeah. should fuck off. <laughs> Okay. All right, now we move on. Actually, one of our listeners, Al, pointed out, you know you're grasping at straws when you knock it, when you knock Hawthorne's coach and even Matthew Lloyd sticks up for him. Yeah. Matthew yeah. Lloyd sticking up for Hawthorne. Never thought I'd see the day. Anyway, we move on to uh, the next award, the inaugural Baffling Yet Accurate Prediction Award. What the hell could this be about? Well, as you know, we discussed it, we touched on it. Um, I was at Etihad Stadium to see Carlton take on the uh, GWS Giants. I did not have high hopes like a lot of people. (laughs) I thought GWS would probably run over the top of Carlton, 10-goal loss, business as usual for for a premiership contender. Uh, It didn't really work out that way. In fact, here's something remarkable that happened, Tiz. It was three-quarter time. And you know how occasionally at three-quarter time or half-time they they have some form of entertainment. They'll do something to sort of just pad... And, and make it entertaining for people at the ground to get them engaged with what's happening with the club. Well, there was an MC. There's a guy who does like a number of clubs. He's not a Carlton 
guy, mm. but he was doing Carlton's event. So the MC was interviewing a, a young Carlton fan at three-quarter time on the field, and you, you know how these things play out. It's like Hamish at halftime for Channel 7, interviewing one of the Auskick kids. It's a nothing segment. Who gives a shit apart from the parents? Like, it doesn't mean anything. Um, now, just to run you through what actually happens, the MC at one point, asked the kid, who's your favourite player? Liam Jones. He replied, Zach Fisher. Yeah, okay. Is that okay? Yeah, he's a young player. He looks good. If Me- you were playing AFL Fantasy to make money, Nick, you'd probably have him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, there you go. Because my girlfriend and I looked at each other like, okay, yep, that's <laughs> he plays AFL. Hey, we'll just double check that. Yep, Zach Fisher's on the list. Okay, we had no idea who he was. So I'm happy to say that. It might surprise you, Tiz. I don't have my finger on the pulse of what Carlton's doing at all times. To wrap things up, the MC asked this young fellow who he thought would win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Being a Blues fan, he's yeah. obviously going to say Carlton. Yeah. And then he asks, okay, Carlton, it's great to hear. How much are, how much are the Blues going to win by? And the kid says, a point. And the MC laughs and says, oh, you're going to give 20,000 people a heart attack today. Now, sure enough, Carlton... 20,000 people had a heart attack? Carlton... <laughs> <laughs> Carlton did win by a point, and the man that put them in front, the last scorer of the game, was Zach Fisher. That kid, unbelievable! Yeah, <laughs> what are the chances? He's, yeah, it's funny. He's not you only bring... tipped the result; he's tipped the guy yeah. who won them the game. Funny you should bring this up because uh, a mate of mine, Ado, who listens to the pod, mm. he messaged me just about 20, 20 minutes before this game started. He says, "You know, I really rate Carlton today." <laughs> I was like, this is this is not going to happen. I said, they've got more talent. They've got more to play for. Yep. Uh, they've got the buy coming up. How can they possibly lose? Yeah. And he said, no, no. It's and, and he actually runs that uh, theweekendpreview.com. Okay. The, and he does one game every week. And I think he didn't. He didn't do the GWS Carlton one this week. Yeah. He obviously kept that tip to himself. <laughs> but he's got... I think he's doing the Melbourne Collingwood one. But, uh, oh, great analysis. And I was just sitting there cursing his name as <laughs> <laughs> Carlton won and my tip went down. But, you know. Yeah. Well, you and everyone else he'd, uh, stuffed up everyone's tips. He'd been looking at the stats and yep. the cruiser was the difference, really. He was. It was his milestone game and he was fantastic. Um, which leads me into uh, the Anti-Fantasy League. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, mate. Hang on. We haven't finished the round yet. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, we've still, still, still got one more to play. Well, yeah. I, can, I can give you an update on everything that's happened. Now, rewind to Thursday night, Sydney versus Bulldogs. I messaged you with a screenshot. Have you got... It looked pretty good. Like, <laughs> I started off really well. Because yes. I had Towers in the team. Yeah. And he did nothing. Harry Marsh was my captain, so he did all right in the end. It was 118 points. Okay. So. Uh, Travis Cloak scored 45. So I was looking good. I was in the box seat for my best round, see, worst round, yet. Mm-hmm. Lewis Jetta wasn't playing this Lewis weekend. Lewis Jetta wasn't playing this weekend. I actually did really well, considering it's a buy, a buy round, a buy week. I traded out pretty much everyone who, uh, who wasn't going to play this week. So okay. I had virtually a full team, which is hard to do. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Now, something I didn't count on, was when I brought Kale Hooker into the side, I oh. really didn't think he'd kick five goals, listeners. <laughs> I don't think anyone thought that. So that really stuffed me up. Uh, so Kale Hooker's kicked five what goals. What did he get? He scored 114. Brilliant. 
Now, Conor McKenna... Not as bad as it could have been. No, it could have been worse. Conor McKenna scored 96 as well. Lewis Taylor scored 96. Darcy Gardner is no longer my captain, but scored 94. Ooh, So that was, a good, that was a good change. Dale Thomas finished with 84. Talia wasn't my LVP this week. He really? improved a lot. I think he got 52 in the end. No, that dishonour goes to Travis Cloak, who got 45. Okay. But who knows, Tiz? The round's still going. Got one match left. Can someone score worse than 45 for my anti-fantasy league? Well, I'd like to thank Tom Mitchell for getting my 282 as captain. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Yeah, and uh, I've got a few other Hawthorne players running around. I've got little um, James Cousins and, of course, okay. Ryan Burton in defence. Very good choice, very good choice. I reckon at some point towards the end of this year, I reckon I'm going to beat your score one week. No, nah, it won't happen. We'll see about that. No, I'm climbing the rankings, Chief. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, if I'm doing my job, I'm falling. Yeah. Well, we'll see. If you beat me, you fail. <laughs> yeah. It's bittersweet, isn't it? Yes. Because I would like to beat you. Because that would be a poor reflection on you. But I would fail in my own endeavour, wouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. That's the catch, isn't it? All right. Well, we've got no game next week. We've got no preview. It's a bye. Yeah, but we win buys very well, as a matter of fact. Do you want me to cut a promo on the buy? Can you do that? Ridden one up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a tough pill to swallow by round, but face facts, you have a terrible record against Hawthorne. It's never really mattered where we've been on the ladder either. Year after year, we add to our undefeated streak against you guys. You only have yourself to blame by round. You just don't come to play, do you? I mean, what have you accomplished since 2011 besides gifting the Bulldogs a premiership? Boom. Absolutely nothing. And it's not just Hawthorne fans that hate you, by round. Nobody likes you. What are people meant to do on a weekend if not yell at physically superior adults playing competitive sport in an elite level? Were we meant to spend time with friends and family? We had an excuse to avoid events we didn't want to go to, and now you've gone and ripped it away from us. But as always, by round, we're going to have the last laugh. Because a week's a long time in footy, no one's going to remember just how bad Hawthorne was against the Suns. So not only will Hawthorne be rested and relaxed, we'll be ready to stuff up everyone's tips when we take on Adelaide too. Just another reason for everybody to hate you, by round. I think I speak for every fan when I say the less we see of you, the better. Oh. I don't like buys. So twiddle my thumbs and wait for them to pass. I'm like, let's get back into it. Well, in that case, I've got something for you. Okay. How am I going to keep busy? Have you somehow unearthed another Dipper book that I haven't heard of? No. No? No, no, no. no. Um, Hand it over. I, I'll close my eyes. <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to be. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> Where it, did you I get mean, this? Just start with the title, please. Just <laughs> All right. My Side by Ricky Wait, Nixon. So, My Side already points to the fact that he feels... <laughs> he's a victim already. He's a victim already. <laughs> the yep. outset. And then the other text, of course. Are you, oh, you got another one. Yeah, well, you read one. This, I'll read the other. Is, okay. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you've got the Dipper book. No, no. Another Ricky Nixon. <laughs> you got two Ricky Nixon books. It's a jungle out there. Oh, it certainly is. So, uh, yeah. So, you're, you're giving me the one... Well, this is 2010, and that's like 2015. Okay, so you've got preschool girl, and I've got post-school girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he should have put. They should reissue well, them. the title. Yeah, reissue with that as a little stamp. I think preschool girl isn't a good. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's you're right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was poorly thought out by me. What I like about this book, probably, my side, probably is the, is uh, the cover photo is pretty low res, and it's clearly meant to be centered, and it's not. It's <laughs> he's not, not centered. No, he's, the photos. He's not standing in the center. 
Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, anyway, I mean, he's a, he's an interesting character. I mean, he only played eight games for Hawthorne or something, but um, well, that's interesting's one word for it, certainly. Well, I mean, but, well, when I'm you look at, at the names he's represented, I'm looking at your book, and it looks like a, it's a lot you thicker. Know, well, it's a lot thicker, but it looks like an actual, you know, book that a would publish. be sold somewhere. Mine, my one looks. I'm flipping through it. It's like he printed it off Word. <laughs> oh, and all the pictures in the. He's got pictures in the middle. Of course, it's a picture book. Are you going to tag him in that's this? That's uh, low res as well. Are you going to tag him in this podcast? Oh, maybe. <laughs> anyway, listen to these names that he has represented. Okay. And of course, I'd, I'd see him as an architect of how the AFL uh, deals and uh, backroom deals were done in the early nineties, and then. Yep how it all works today with the new salary cap laws and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, Ablett, Carey, Cousins, Dunstall, Richardson, Rewalt, Hurd, Modra. Wow. Okay. It's a lot. Of Some good names. Big names. Yeah, that, he's that half of those marred in controversy. Well, you know, that's part of being a footballer, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't have to be. But, uh, well, it'll be interesting to get some candid... Stories about how he managed some of those players because Ablett had an incredible career. That, I, I, that's your book you're talking about because yeah. you can't say I'm holding this You've and I'm looking at it and there's let's okay there's going to be a table of contents. I get the feeling you want to swap. No, no, you want the preschool no, girl I, edition. <laughs> no, I reckon there's going to be a perverse enjoyment reading this because <laughs> there's a chapter here. I've just turned to the contents. Did they chapter include- eleven is called the comedian. Wow. Because <laughs> he started, he, he explored stand-up comedy. Did you know that? Did he really? That's what this chapter is going to be about. <laughs> he did a show at the Comics Lounge. I didn't. He did. Did you go? No. Fuck no. Why? You're a reviewer. It would have been awesome. <laughs> well, he's not giving out comp tickets. He's charging everyone that walks through the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't go. Um, but no, he, I assume that's what that chapter is going to be about. And the final chapter is onwards and upwards. And don't forget... He wore number 36 at Hawthorne, so keep that in mind as you read. <laughs> All right. Now, that might explain a lot, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, that's something to go on with, with the yeah, buy. the buy so- just got worse. <laughs> Should have put that in my rant. Um, <laughs> forced to read. <laughs> All right. So, what? what's the plan? You're going to go off and read that one, and I'll read my one. and Just so other people don't have to read it. Are we going to do like a book review next week? Like Hawk Talk Pod Reader's Corner? Okay. All right, let's do that. Let's compare notes. Well, that's it, everyone. (laughs) Um, Stay tuned for (laughs) Tricky Ricky next week. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, listeners, look, you can catch us uh, on Twitter at HawkTalkPod and uh, catch us on iTunes as well. Rate and review us there. Uh, Just search for us, HawkTalkPodcast on iTunes. Um, People have been very generous with their ratings. They've uh, they've loved our work and, uh, yeah, continue to rate and review us. And yeah, follow us on uh, on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, we'll try and keep active active during the buy rounds. Yeah, I'm make gonna, sure everyone's not too bored. Next week, I'm going to be looking at any father son prospects we've got coming through, and the academy players. We that should are listed point, for us. We should give everyone a heads up as well because I, I don't want them to be confused. You will be taking a bit of a holiday soon, so I'm going to have to find a temporary new co-host. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that going to be, Nick? Better not be better than me, just quietly. It's going to be come back, Ricky you know? Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do us for now. We'll uh, we'll keep active during the buy round and uh, make sure you don't get too bored. We'll keep ourselves entertained as well. 
Uh, we'll catch you then during the bike round. Yeah, and I can't wait to call in from Paris. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. Allez, Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs>